When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Hey, it's uh, This Life Podcast. You're not going to hear the fancy opening from Bob Forrest because he is not here. In his stead, I have the great Julian Barbary. I'm uh, a big hat to fill. Bob, uh, Bob the Monster. That's right, Bob and the Monster. Uh, let me read a little bit of uh, Jillian's uh, bio. Bio. Let's oh, see. Good day, LA. For how many years? Twenty. The NFL 20 for ten. Years. I'll save you time. I did extreme dating for four. I did. That's uh, a dating show. I did. Uh, Good Morning Miami, a sitcom. I did. Uh, Dance with the, uh, skating with the stars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, drive now. It's the drive home with Jillian Barbie and sure. KBC seven ninety here at the same station. I have a, and uh, Mike have a show on there from three to six Monday through Friday. The drive home with Jillian and John and uh, let's see what was that American Idol Extra. What was that? Reality. That's oh, another show I did. <laughs> I don't know. It's all they Teen all blend into one. Sure. Uh, so oh, all, anyway, and if, and if any, this, the bottom line for me is any Stern fans out there. Yeah, I know we have a few because we have Eli Braden on this show. More importantly, you, I love Eli, and I'm like, when am I going to do a song parody with you, Eli? Okay, so we'll get Eli, and you and I will do a song. Parody okay, with and because uh, I keep saying, if you need a girl, if you need, I'm the girl because I can sing this, I can do that. We can, and every time I hear, like right now, I'm I'm obsessed with Ronnie. And Aruba and uh, Aruba. He went to Aruba. Oh, 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 oh. And he went, you know, they call it Aruba. What, but so anyone knows Stern knows Jillian. Yeah. She's a legend on that show as well. well thank and you. Uh, are you, were you listening to Ronnie this week? Yeah, I'm obsessed. Me too. I'm like, I'm, who I'm needs A-list celebrities I, when I, you have <laughs> Ronnie Mund? I, I could listen to this all day from how we're talking about how, Ronnie with his hair and he gets in the pool and and he gets so he got all pissed off at That's uh, what I love. At, <laughs> oh, the at, fight between Brent, Brent. and him. <laughs> That was the greatest fight ever. It's like, you cannot, and you know that family really well too. You go in there and you think, oh, this is great. You could talk freely. No, you can't. You can't. And I've done the same thing like with Howard. In the commercial breaks, Howard will, he's so sweet and he's so kind, but then he gets on air. He goes for the jugular. He he knows how to do it. Uh, everyone asks me, are, are those fights real? And I said, of course they are. But my question is, what are the rides home like with Ronnie when he's got Howard in the too. back? Because because I just thinking that yes uh, last week when it's he was so going, awkward. when he was going, hey man, stop doing. It. You're here to work for me. You know, yes. stop that show. And, yes. And he, and he, I'm thinking, God, he's. Hey, we're on the air here. Hi, Chris, Chris hi, producer Susan. <laughs> Little thing called on air. Love you though. Love you. Also Love with your us work. is uh, Jenna Kravitz. Uh, Jenna did a. 
Jenna did a th- recent This Life, and she actually agreed to come in and guest with us as well with me and Jillian. Hey, Jenna. Hey, I feel like I thought my resume was impressive, but you just spent like eight minutes reading Jillian, so now I feel like... Uh, yeah, aren't you a neuro like surgeon? So yeah, mine's so Im- <laughs> extreme dating neurosurgeon at fucking Cedar Sinai. Which is a neuropsychologist, but describe whatever. Who that is, what same that is thing. You're very like, smart. So neuropsychologists are psychologists. I'm smart. That's the thing. People are like you're so smart. Like I don't know. Is that like the like? But, and you have a nice personality. Um, if you're a gorgeous woman, they don't know or they don't, like, oh, like, no, you oh can't my be God. smart. You can't actually yeah, you're not be, allowed. You can't be smart because people attractive. have to put it's like Carmen Electra. It's like, OK, you're super hot. So we'll put you in the Playboy box. What? You're a neuropsychologist. Does not work. Does not compute. <laughs> well, no, you know what? At Joe's. Being a neuropsychologist has definitely helped my game with men. over. Well, describe 70. what it is. What yeah, is I'm this? going to right over now. 70. Yeah, over 70. So I'm, I'm actually <laughs> okay, like well, I'm like a geriatric neuropsychologist, mm. right? So I've focused my research and my interest in working with old people who have memory disorders. So, um, and in the hospital, I basically see everything. But, you know, you get a lot of people who don't want to participate in neuropsych because neuropsych comes to see you generally, I would say 70, 80% of what I do is for capacity evaluations. Like, oh my God, are you going to take away my driver's license? Uh, get, you know, or, do I need a conservator? You're taking away my freedom. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, it's bad news when I show up, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, yeah. so what I do is is basically... We have a battery of tests, and so it's like an assessment that you yeah. put on them. But so, they know they're being tested, so automatically they could be defensive. They could be total. But we have measures that will help okay. us tease those factors so out. Neuropsychologists are clinically clinical psychologists that do extra training afterwards right. to okay. do these neuropsychological okay. tests. Two right. years, two year post two two year postdoctoral yeah. fellowship yeah. in neuropsychology, yeah. and and then you can go out and do these tests. And so, um, and then we take the tests and we look at them and we go, okay, what does this mean about this person in real life? Um, so if you take memory tests and we see that after thirty minutes you can only remember thirty of what we initially present you, then I tell the physicians like, hey, if you give them a medication list of 10 medications and you don't write it down for them 30 minutes later, how many are they going to remember? That's, must be so, no 75-year-olds. No, seriously, because I'm dealing with that all the time. It depends on you know the normative data, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's more generous as you get older. But um, but I always, you know, I, I get a lot of resistance from young people, like brain injuries and things like that. But like oh. I'm telling you, men over 70, they're willing to do just about anything. <laughs> Like I got that down. I mean, if I, if I so if you want to date a one a yeah. man with one foot on the banana no, like, peel and the other in the grave, you're thinking fine. like like I look at it and I've had a marriage proposal and this guy had like <laughs> you know he was like incontinent and I, you know and my That's my sexy. other friend my other friend was like well how big is his estate you know I mean like, <laughs> this, this could work for you and I, you know so okay. it's a good dating so, pool. But you also work with people that have brain injuries from, I'm thinking, trauma, motorcycle accidents and things like that. Anything that comes in through the ED. She's done a lot of uh, celebrity stuff, too, because she works over at Cedars. Only imagine. And I I think about those people that are like 25, 26, whose lives are on one path, and then in one split fatal decision, their life is completely changed. And then when they're recovering... How you have to? I, I can't even imagine. And with celebrity, a lot of drug overdoses. Of course, there's other comorbid issues. I mean, that's the problem. The psychiatric stuff. Yeah, I mean, addiction, psychiatric right. stuff. So I that mean, was your dog, not yeah, my yeah. son, by the way. Right, Rex. No, he looks but like a Rex. He's amazing. You like him? I, I need I another dog. I he's got like him. an Instagram account. He's very popular. Well, <laughs> yeah, I saw him I saw that. earlier. I think he was dry humping your other dog. No, he was, oh, no? he's a dry okay. eater, I think. more. Okay. Than I think he likes me. Yeah. Same yeah. impact on 70-year-olds. Very nice. I know. They sniff me out. Narcissistic dogs. <laughs> Narcissistic <laughs> hyperactive dogs. Well, that's, that's pretty much the category. Totally. So. All right. All right. So, so neuropsychologists do postgraduate training. They do testing, and they, they're very accurate assessments of people's 
psychiatric and neurological functioning. Cognitive, right. Yeah. Uh, and do you, Now, some do more on the psychological side and some more on the neuro side, right? So a, a neuropsych assessment, a yeah. neuropsychological assessment actually should and, and can include both. Yeah. It depends what the referral question is. I mean, we get people – I saw someone last week who was questionably uh, conversion disorder with seizures that were – no EEG What's, activity to okay. prove that. Y'all are doctors. Fictitious What's seizure. a conversion disorder? So it's the conversion of, at its core, it's the conver- the conversion of emotional distress into physical symptoms. Ooh. And, and fictitious seizures. Right. And so they create they oh create these God. things like I, seizures. Yeah. I, I think fictitious seizures is, because I've seen a lot of it. So they're I've real seizures so that are... They're, no, no, no. They're, they're not. They're, they don't really... They but look, they think they're real. They think they're real and sometimes they look kind of real, but yeah. mostly they don't. Oh Usually they don't. But then when you hook up these electrodes their heads and they're, you watch over normal. the course of days when they have a seizure that they report quote unquote you know and they start convulsing the EEG will tell us if there's actually a seizure going on and, and in, in my, their body in my experience in the brain, the, there, yeah. there are two things I've seen I've got, I've got a lot of these people in my, in my over the years and they uh, A tend to have primitive personalities totally right and B mm. I, I see it as almost a, a panic attack or something almost an expression of anxiety because they will go I'm having a seizure <laughs> I can't handle things I can't handle things and they'll, right. <laughs> and they'll fall on the floor and I'm like that's what, what? that's what was that? how a seizure goes do <laughs> yeah. your research man <laughs> I know well, when you was... say primitive personality do you mean like well, alpha male and no no like... go ahead but also someone with really poor coping like I mean, really underdeveloped like, personality yeah yeah, like oh. no maturity. Like can't, and, can't function socially. Right. Doesn't really understand. Got it. You know. But I've also seen some really high functioning people, um, interestingly. I mean. With fictitious seizure. Oh, yeah. so like one, and, and, e- either the, end of the spectrum. And the, and the really scary part about it is they often also have a bona fide generalized seizure disorder. So right. they sort of learn about wow. seizures because they had them when they were younger. Right, right. right. And so it wow. kind of gets, it's a very strange, I don't think it's fully understood myself, but. It's so. very. It's also like really. It's very hard to treat. Oh yeah. It, and and so to answer oh. your question about the assessments, like I, I had this and case last week. And they end up on week. tons of meds and oh, oh tons. Yeah. But I mean, so but that that's because a lot of doctors aren't like skilled enough to actually figure it out. And then it's well, a, well, they're also medical legally afraid, right? That they're because they're, they're trying really? to make these things stop. Yeah. I have a patient has a fictitious seizure and she fell off a bus. Yeah. I mean, they'll oh really they'll gosh. take it to the mat. They will take it to the mat sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, so wow. we have like these personality type tests that we can give that yeah. will help determine whether someone's exaggerating or you know they they do they know that they're doing function. it. No, it's not actually the. It's not a conscious process the, the think, think of a panic attack that goes bad. right okay think of, that's sort of okay the way, the way yeah it it's not it's okay. not a, you can't like i feel badly for them because you can't blame them it's not like they're consciously doing it they believe it's real and it's frustrating to yeah. deal with because they resist the, i can't imagine they don't want to get most of them don't want to get yeah. better they get a lot out of it yeah but, but the oh. there's a lot of attention wow sick. and the but then oh, the yeah. classic conversion disorder was uh, freud's uh, which had a numb arm or something or paralyzed arm Anyway, I recall the story, but I don't. Yeah, know Yeah, I think th- those end up being related to childhood traumas, oftentimes. Oh. And so it's sort of just the way that just the way the brain is disintegrating parts of the emotional systems, it can actually disintegrate parts of the sensory and motor stuff too. Wow. Yeah, and that's really the thing about trauma. Now, do you, you don't talk about your trauma much anymore, Jillian? Yeah, I'm really over it. You're not over it. You can't be, but you don't. Well. But you used to talk a lot more about it. I was very open because I thought it would help other people, and I think I've helped as many people as I can, and I've just moved on. <laughs> it's, it didn't define me, but it certainly helped push me where I am, yeah. and I never forget about it, but when I say I'm over it, it used to be in the forefront of my daily life. Right. I used to function and think, you know, it would come up a lot. It, it hasn't come up That's in good. a very long time. That's great. 
Yeah, but I'm very, you know, for me, cognizant about telling my kids about predators and what's out there, and they come in many forms. They're not always monsters. They could be family members. They could be clergy. They could be, you know, people you've known for a long time. Julian had to trust. deal with all, all, all the whole scattergram. I did. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and that's what happens once you're somehow the victimizers. I don't, I don't know if does neuropsychology talk about this at all. Somehow the victimizers sniff out somebody that's had trauma. They can, they can sniff it. They sense yeah. it. It's well, really for me, weird. I think I told you, I always thought because I was adopted, I'm like, oh, I'm not their flesh and blood. Yeah. So I... Already at a tender age of six, seven, eight was quite, it was, you know, I was, uh, I was intellectualizing it, it. completely like, intellectualizing it and, 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 yeah. and giving it not a pass, but just saying, this is why this You're happened. You're giving it a reason. Yeah. Absolutely. But in your own head, you actually have to do that. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, but a lot, like, a lot of know. kids will sit around going, why me, why me, Well, why me? yeah. Or you, there's a couple ways of dealing, but I also remember talking to one, I think it was a psychiatrist that I spoke with but they talk about um, there's compartmentalizing and then there's where something's happening to you and I remember one specific incident where I left literally left my body was watching it happen yeah. I was probably nine from the ce- yeah, yeah from the ceiling and I was watching it happen it was not me anymore and from that day it was not me and when you uh, so now I, I I really focus my energy on telling my children that this is out there and do you dissociate when you get stressed still no. So no more. How did you get over that? Because that's the, that's the real liability of trauma. Is it sort of it, your brain learns or wires to do that, and then just keeps doing that in in you know overwhelming situations. Well, did you EMDR or something? Or, no, yeah? I'm very uh, because I've done so many years of therapy, but I've also done. Okay, well that's, um, that's. I've also the way I deal with stress, like my birth mother when she died in my arms last two years ago at Christmas, literally in my arms. Instead of having, I was, I savored the moment. Like she literally died in my arms. And I thought, we came into this world together alone. She put me up for adoption. She was 17. Mm. And she died. Like this is so prophetic. This is unbelievable. And I'm able to savor the moment and really absorb it as opposed to panicking. And yeah. I, no, I, I just, this is life. And well, there was an appreciation. It sounds like there was an appreciation yes, yes. for that moment. Well, to, to me, when I hear you talking like that, I just hear, oh my God, you're a resilient person. Yeah. You are resilient. You, I am, but yeah. are, are, aren't we all in no. some reason? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no. Hey, to some what? extent more than we expect, but, yeah. but it's not what you're describing to the extent that you're able to experience these things now yes. is pretty, pretty remarkable. It, I will say that it hit me on my 50th birthday two weeks ago. I really thought about her, and it really was hard for me. Everyone was like, oh, you don't want to celebrate because it's your 50th. I said, I could give a shit. I don't care. It's the fact that she, I only had 15 years with her, and I was pissed off about it. It really bugged me, but then I think I thought all those overwhelming thoughts came back to me about her losing her in my arms and just being really grateful. That she wasn't with one of her seven again, brothers or sisters or her other daughters. Gratitude again. Oh my god! Most people with trauma survivors have trouble experiencing gratitude. Oh no! Com- I was like, of course she was with me, you know. And 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 also my story is so layered. And I, I told you it's the, the Rolling Stones and the Donovan. It, every what, what what the whole story about my birth father. What I just found. I didn't tell you this. No. My story gets richer every day. I got a, <laughs> a letter in the mail from a man in England, and I saw the letter, and I was like, I don't know anybody in England the fuck is this? And then I opened it up and it said, hi, my name is Ian Griffiths and uh, I live in England and I'm doing your family tree and your name came up because your birth father. And I thought, oh, well, there's a name I haven't heard. I haven't, I didn't meet him. When I met my birth mom, she was remarried and... She was in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
They're all in Canada, yeah. yeah. So uh, to recap, my long story, I was adopted and I found my birth family when I was 34 uh, through my psychiatrist. She said, hire a detective. You're resourceful. And I was like, I'm going to hire a detective. Yeah. And I did. And four weeks later, I had a whole birth family at my, my door. And it was literally, my mother and father got, they were both immigrants from Europe and they came to Canada at 17 and 16. They got pregnant with me. Uh, put me up for adoption, got married three months later, tried to get me back, couldn't, went on to have two other daughters. So full sisters. And when my mom was, well, 20 years later, when my birth sister was, I guess, no, I was 12. My other sister was six and the other one was one. My mom left my birth dad, married another man. So she was with him for a while. Uh, she was with Stan until he passed the second husband. But um, in the letter, it basically said, we're doing this research and you might know your 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 dad's cousin her name is Linda Lawrence that's my uh my sister-in-law and she's been married to Donovan the singer for 45 years wow. and I was like okay I've interviewed Donovan on several occasions so I I emailed him back he wrote me the old fashioned way it's really great this letter like so a, I, an epistolary yeah yeah it was so cool paper. yes and so I messaged him back on email and I said, not only, of course, I know who Donovan is, but um, I've interviewed Donovan at least 10 times. And I wonder if Linda, my cousin, was ever at, you know, any of these interviews. Oh, wow. And he said, well, yeah, of course, we know who you are. And yes, she was at one. Uh, she was on Good Day LA with Donovan and she was in the green room, but I don't think you two met. Wow. Uh, then it gets even crazier. My neighbor, Kathleen, whom I love. Your current neighbor. Yes, you yeah. guys met her. She gets online and she said, well, if it's the woman who's with Linda Lawrence, she was with the Rolling Stones' Brian Jones first and they have a son. Turns out they do and she was with Brian for seven years and her son with him, Julian, looks exactly like my Rocco. So we've been sharing pictures where Donovan's daughters with my cousin look exactly like my birth sister. So I've been able to just like do split screens and send them all. They're, we're all floored right now. So I was supposed to meet Donovan two weeks ago here in Pasadena. Pasadena? He was playing. A random. I know, a small show. And um, I, I was in Florida. Uh. And they know I'm a single mom. And so they invited me to go and meet them in England. He actually lives in Ireland in a castle, of course. Wow. So my life just, everything unfolds. And I'm like, of course, this is so fabulous. Like, I fucking love the Rolling Stones. They're my favorite band. Of course this would happen. And it's just fun for me. Like, life is such a journey. So I'm lucky. I'm blessed. But it's such a, yeah, we don't get to hear, Jenna's looking at me the way crazy, she just right? did because we don't well, get to hear that kind of, gra- the kind of gratitude. perspective and gratitude oh, very often. Oh, really? That's what we're trying to get people to all the time. Oh. Yeah. We never get them there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but you've known me tw- almost 24 years, Drew. You know that I was not always grateful. I, I was through the you had, darkness. You had a lot I more, was confused well, and well, you upset. Always, I, I can see the resiliency, but you're, yeah, you're upset and anxious and all yeah. that stuff, spinny stuff, which is all post, post-trauma stuff, you know? I would think. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, you how, in ways, and I'm sorry to interrupt, in ways that when you're molested as a kid, in the ways, and I thought about this the other day, you know, the father that adopted me was is the cr- greatest guy, Big Jim, the kindest, and I was thinking, did it impede my relationship with him? It certainly did. Was He, he was the per- perpetrator? No. No. God, no. Okay. He was the savior. He's okay. the man who adopted me okay. when I was like a year old okay. with my mom, my mom who raised me, and he's a great man. Um and so, so having having that strong presence helped add to the resiliency. You're saying, I think so. Yeah, the normalcy, the resiliency, and the all, but it also impeded my relationship with him because I wanted to trust and I couldn't trust men. Oh yeah, but, get, but, but I think going, I think go resilience ahead. is. 
I mean, I've tried to understand it for so long, and I just think that some people are pre-wired that oh, way. Absolutely. And oh. I mean, I can tell you, like when I I did a I did did an interview for a radio show with another psychologist about this exact topic, and you know, when I have like a hard day or a hard month or whatever it is, or some terrible news, like I was told last summer or the summer before that I was going to need an ostomy and I thought this is the worst news ever you know I'm a single mom like who's going to want to date me with that what's an ostomy I'm sorry a bag like from cr- she I has no colon disease. she has I have no colon right oh, you have, you have cr- oh yeah. okay wow so then the doctor was she like, doesn't have a bag now I don't have okay. a bag right but but it's possible one day right and so that same day I went so I went to the see the surgeon and he was like look I think we're at this point this is what you need and it was like during lunchtime so I go back to work Jeez. and I go my next patient is this guy like who's like 48 with AIDS and all these multiple mm. opportunistic infections and like I leave the room and I think to myself you know what if like if that guy could trade with me like today yeah he would like he would and of I course. would never trade with him right and like of course and so we were talking about this right and I was driving home and I was thinking to myself this is this why am I so upset about this my grandparents survived the holocaust oh my god why mm. yes like I, this is yes. this isn't a bad day. Yes, like that's a bad day. Yes, that guy that's never going to go home and like yes. hug his family is going to die in the hospital. That's a bad day. Oh yeah, the so, bad like, day is is the Holocaust. Like I totally. When you look at these documentaries of the six women who got together again, and they were little girls. Yes. They were twelve years old. And this, that's fucking resilience. That, but perspective leads to resilience. But I also think that like it. I believe that it was in my blood, like it's in my genes. Like my my grandparents survived this. Like, did, did they? And this is whose parents? My mother's parents. And did she? Did they push the trauma onto her a little bit? This is an interesting question. Because and what it's happens? An area of research. I've yeah. What into. what happens is is the children of survivors of the Holocaust get a, a big dose of what's called intergenerational trauma. The the, the oh, I, I went yeah. to college with a bunch of those, and they really? were dosed up. Trust me. Well, yeah. what, 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 yeah. what, in what, what respect? Like a guilt? What do they do to the... the well, the intergenerational trauma is a hard thing to, to go ahead if you want it to... Can be, it, it's, it's that trauma that wasn't may or may not have been processed, sort of transferred to another Let, Let's put it, if, if, for instance, it, it, the, the classic way it's transmitted is if somebody is beaten as a kid, they'll beat their kids. Right. That's a classic. It's, it's a, trauma gets repeated in behaviors, right. even when they're the things you hated the most. But how do they... But you know so what, what? Okay, so I don't will know say about this. this what could they do to their kids? No, but, though? my God, they were. Well, my, in my the ones I dealt with, um, every day, get an A in this test. Do you understand what we went yes. through? In my, <laughs> let oh, me tell you what we went yes. through exactly. all day, every day. Oh. Eat all yeah. of your food. Eat all of your food. We never was, had food. We right. never scrubbed. Oh. And oh yeah, you have a fever. Let me tell you about fevers. We yeah. had kids dying all around. Almost diminishes whatever they're going. They'll never live up to what they had to go through. Well, you're going to have to take on their trauma and your. Whatever That's you're feeling lot. as a child doesn't matter. We have to take a break. Be right back after this. Well, of course, you heard me talk about Bergamot Mega Plus. It's derived from extracts of the Bergamot citrus fruit. That's right. This is in the Calabria region of Italy. They use there like crazy. They've used it for generations. It's something that's extremely rich in polyphenols. Now, I don't typically get behind supplements, but this is one I can I can sign off on. It is known to reduce the risk for heart disease. The Italian government has actually done some very good research on bergamot, as well as many studies to prove its effectiveness. Bergamot Mega Plus, it's a natural statin, right? 
That's an HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor. That's much like the medicines that people take, I myself take. Lowers triglycerides, raises HDL, lowers LDL. Some people take bergamot with the statin even. So it addresses also conditions faced by millions of people worldwide. That is the so-called metabolic syndrome, which is increased abdominal fat, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, high triglycerides, high blood pressure. And it helps with that. It helps with insulin resistance. Now, I do suggest that you, of course, talk to your doctor if there's any question at all. And there are alternatives pharmaceutically that many doctors may recommend. But Bergamet Mega Plus offers an all-natural option. Cardiologists and physicians all over the world have recommended it. Its effectiveness is the subject, as I said, of many good quality scientific studies. So to learn more, visit Bergamet.com. That's B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T. That is Bergamet.com. Or click on the Bergamet banner on our website. I suggest you do so. Back. It is a lot to go through those sorts of traumas. Yeah. Uh, it's not like radio, Julian. It's just oh, come it's right like, back. Like, wait. <laughs> I love it. But <laughs> we take breaks. We come right back. And I can swear. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know. That's amazing. Is yeah. Steve your engineer? Steve? Yeah. Uh, yeah we sometimes. No, we have Colin. Colin he's yeah. young and right. sweet and good. He gets it. He's he kind of an Asian guy? Is he, yeah. He's not kind of Asian. He's, he's fully Asian. Asian guy. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have to... Actually, I think I, I, It's funny. I have to. I have to like... Ethnicities don't register very well yeah. with me. I have to like focus and go. Isn't, isn't that no, what that is? No, he is. He's half. I think you know he's, I, no, seriously, they don't. I don't really see. He's cock Asian I, squared, if you will. I just, cock I just, Asian I just would squared. recognize him if I saw yeah, him. Okay. I wouldn't say, "Oh, that's an Asianness." I would just yeah. have to, if I'm going to describe it, I have to like go. Oh, horrible driver. I have to think it's a horrible about driver. It. How dare you? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, <laughs> intergenerational transmission of trauma is a common thing. But don't yeah. you think that everyone like this is how I look at life? Everyone goes through. Uh, Different areas of uh, what you were talking about, well, like but careful, the trauma. Careful, you're 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 hearkening back to the d- times when we first met, mm-hmm. when you were like, everyone gets abused. <laughs> everyone gets sexually That's abused. True. You, you sort of have that perspective. Maybe that was part of your resilience. I think it was. Yeah, I, I but was, it was a way of, of rationalizing yeah. it in our head. Like Correct. this is normal. It happens to everyone. And Correct. so, because trauma is not really normal. But that's normal. coping. Yeah. I told uh, Drew a great story when I was working in Miami. I was a, a weather girl at the crazy station there. If it bleeds, it leads. And we had two. It was all female a, a cast. And this was 25 years ago. So it was two female anchors and a female sportscaster. And I did the weather. And we were all super tight. And I remember uh, going into the makeup room, and there was a story about a child being molested. And I remember the two two of the women were like, "Oh my god, this is this is horrible." And I I looked at them. I was like, "Well, but hello, it happens all the time. I mean, everybody's been molested." And I literally said that, and they like, looked. At, everyone, I think you mentioned grandfathers. Even. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> everyone has a creepy uncle or a friggin' grandfather is a little too touchy feely. And they were like, "Yeah, yeah no, not so not much." <laughs> and I I was like, "Are you?" I go, you guys are lying then. And they said, no, we can assure you we're not lying like we've never been. I go, what? <laughs> I was 25. It never occurred to me that not every little girl was not molested. Huh. And so she called me. Well, I called in a you. Panic. Wait, I was in Miami then. <laughs> I know. The, I called you. You just moved. I just, when I was a year right. and a half later. That's right. Wait, I've asked Drew to take me on as a patient and he refuses. No. Now I'm offended. No, 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 he never did. He no, never, no, no, I referred like, her wait a second. Trust he me. referred me. <laughs> now I'm offended. No, he never. I'll send her to you next time. He never <laughs> took me on, but he referred. And, and, because he was, yeah, that's a whole other we had, story. We had, we had six month old trip. Wait, were you guys living here? Uh, no. No, no okay. we had a little house. That would have just put it into perspective. But, um, yeah, you guys had six-month-old triplets, and I oh, called the sorry. house and got <laughs> poor Susan. 
I called. I went. It was completely unethical. Well, but I, if I remember right, because yeah. it was Jillian, she thought she said, "Oh, I love Jillian Barbie. Go ahead, help her." Later, <laughs> later, later, later. Later. <laughs> <laughs> later, much later. No, I was but, in a bad mood that day. I had well, triplet three year old. Yeah, or yeah. Two, you had three six month old. Six months old. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I think about the balls it took to do that. Then I also think. Where must I have been mentally to, to have to feel like you want to talk, reach out to us? I never met him. I just called up and well, you felt I you listened. Did, you of listened, course, yeah, of yeah. course. It's really I mean, interesting that people would just call and they want your advice. Like we didn't really feel that then. You know, he was just doing the show. And, yeah, but it, it was starting to build his. You know, oh my oh. gosh, everyone I know is yeah. like they feel like they know him. Yeah, from growing up listening, I felt like that the first time I met him. I was like, listen, if, you know, I came up to him after the show and I was like, listen, if I never, if you never invite me back and I never get to see you again, I just want to say one thing. And it's that I started listening to you in sixth grade in like the early nineties. And this is like a total full circle moment for me. So if I, I just want you to know that. And he like gave me a hug and he was like, I'll see you next week. And I was like, okay. Wow. (laughs) You know. Was that when you went to HLN? Yeah. Oh my God. To HLN. Yeah. It was an accident that they found me anyway. So it was, it was very How did we find you? I don't remember. Um, I treated a patient at Cedars who happened to be the the mother of Somebody. one of your producers. Oh, no kidding! Interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and Jillian used to be the hottest weather girl on. Used to be. On, How dare you? Yeah, I well, still. Uh, there are none anymore. Well, wait, that that no, there are so many. So that was actually my dream job. Not weather as girl? hot in though, college. All out, I wanted to be was a weather girl. She'd come out. Well, like, Jillian invented that. I know. And she, my boyfriend used to say, "You you have a nice voice. You should do it." And I was like, "A nice voice." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not what I want to hear. Yeah. No, but, but Jillian would come out in these like crazy shoes and Dolce these awesome Havana. pants, and you oh, know, yeah. all the other girls always had their little dresses on, and she just always rocking her style. That's why I loved her so she much. She put and, weather girls on the map. Then, yes, yes. Uh, she invented it, and that's yeah. why Stern picked you up, right? Or did you get to NFL? No, you know why? No. Stern picked me up because I started talking about him in 1995, 96. Like, on, on Good LA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say every day if Dorothy did a story and said, she would say, oh, a mini driver. Da, 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 and I was like, oh, my God. But I, I'd be like, but then she went on Howard Stern and did a whole thing where she said this, this, and this about yeah, her sex yeah. life. So every day I would sort of mention Howard and how he he was such a pioneer, but I didn't know that at the time. I would just, I just knew that he was getting so much more out of the mainstream, uh, these celebrities than the mainstream. Isn't it media. crazy how he's really become the destination of, I mean, he's for us. Like, no, cause we knew it back then. Well, I, yeah, you're right. But, but I never thought it would happen. I thought there was too much history. When he there. did uh, the NBC show, which I, I never watched the America's got, Ta- but yeah. my, when my parents called me and said, all right, now we know why you like this Howard Stern. Yeah. I was like, my parents are 75. I died. <laughs> I died. Yeah, yeah. My mother used to say to me, "Why do you go on there and say those crazy things and and that he's he's, he's this and he's that?" And then of course he did AGT and everything changed. But there's uh, one thing I understand about Howard. Maybe you can help me with because yeah. he always addresses this topic with you. Why does he always go to anal sex? He always he? he always goes there. I think That's he's fascinated. His, with he's that. fascinated, but I think it's his. It's always his shock move. Is it's it? like it's, and he still uses it even when he's talking to somebody serious. He'll just he he'll, he'll pull it out. He'll he just, doesn't do it with his wife. No, no, he doesn't. No, I like how you said he'll pull it out. That's surprising. funny. <laughs> no, he yeah, she's not into that, and he's made that very clear. But and he's, maybe I'm that's not sure what, he's into it. He just, I just, he's oh, into the shock, shock part value. Of it yeah, but why do we know that? You know, <laughs> yeah. And is that so shocking anymore? You know, right. Somebody said to me one day, like they said, "Oh, you grew up in Canada. It's more European. That's why you're more well, shocking." You're, and I was like, European. "What? <laughs> it's not shocking. I just think certain things are not shocking to me. So if it's sex with someone you love, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not hung up. I don't. I don't get tied up. 
kind I mean, of hang I, I'd like to, but not <laughs> I think that's also like part of why you're so resilient is like you don't seem to sweat the small stuff and you realize you recognize like what's small and what's not. It's hard yeah, to do that. I like, I, I, Because things feel yeah. big to but people. But don't you? Yeah, I don't give no, listen, but, but listen, I've made a lot of poor choices in my life and I don't need anyone judging me. I don't judge anybody for what they do. Me too. Like, See, that's, okay, so that I think that that's a very big uh, observation. I don't judge people. And I remember when I met my birth family and just how different we were, but how alike we were. And my birth sisters, here I am, I have the same mother and father and I had never met anybody who looked like me or acted. And you know, one is a professor and she's an engineer and the other one works at the film society in Toronto. She's super smart. She makes documentary yeah. films. I bet, they, I bet everybody's super smart. You're genetic. They're, yeah. Be, they're, yeah. I'm the fucking idiot in the no. family. Oh, no. absolutely. I don't think no. you're, no. but no, but it, when you look yeah. at the, what they do and what they, what they've contributed, it's a joke. Like I was hot on the weather and the fucking NFL with this shit. But, but I, didn't we just say that you actually put the weather girl on the map? Yeah, you created Like something. you actually were like the pioneer of that. I was. You know, the funniest thing is my sister, when I first met them, I had written them a letter. I had, they didn't know who I was. And so I said, uh, the, my birth sister on the phone, the, the engineer, she said, uh, would we see you up here in Canada? And I said, well, I do a show with Pamela Anderson, but I'm only a guest star. Like I'm not a, you know, a regular... And I do a show on, I go, yes, actually, I'm on the NFL. And she goes, oh, well, my husband and I, he's also an engineer, total overachievers, those girls. Um, we watch this show. Is it the one with Terry Bradshaw? And I go, yes. She goes, oh, we love Terry Bradshaw. She goes, you're not the weather girl. <laughs> and I go, yes. And she goes, oh. and I, she cut this, is our first conversation. She cups the phone and she says, Tim, to her husband, do you know that girl that we like watching on the weekends? That's my sister. <laughs> And uh, full sister. I mean, we have the same mother and father. That's crazy. So it was so fucking crazy and so great. But um, but you don't was, view yourself how, as that. How was Terry no. Bradshaw? Yeah. No. Oh, I loved him. He got I, remarried. It kind of killed. Like, wow. I just found out he got remarried. I was like, huh. Because we always had like a thing. Never. We never kissed yeah, or never, yeah. you know. But we always flirted. Yeah, I did. Him. I met him a few times. I did that show we had called Home Team yes, or something. Yes, he was crazy. But I, I love working with him. I, I still have a football he signed up on my shelf. It and was, he was, was very a, honest when he went such on. Such a nice guy. Such a sweetheart. Yeah. And back in the day, he had two daughters. Um, yes, he was always talking Aaron about Aaron and Rachel. Yeah. And they were 14 and 15. That's about when I met him. That was, that was 90s, that was, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that was when I first started working. And then he said. Uh, God, they must be 30 now. They are? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, Rachel's gorgeous. Ugh. She's was married to an NFL player and he sadly died. Oh, She's what? young. Yeah. What happened? Wait. He got in a car accident. Oh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I still talk with her and they always wanted me to date their dad. And I was like, oh, you guys are crazy. They're like, no, everyone wants to date him, but you're the one we want. They used to fly in to visit their dad. And instead of staying at the Beverly Hills hotel where he was, they would stay with me at my house in the Valley. Wow. Yeah. And they would go through things in life, you know, prepubescent things. And I would just take them to dermatologists if they had. Oh my God. Oh no, I was the girl that fixed everything. Oh my God. How fun. Yeah. And so, but that's interesting history. I never knew. Right? Yeah. So do you feel like he's like the one that got away? No. I'm okay. just like that with kids. I'm not I sure never he'd thought, be a great partner. No, he yeah. and I together. I, would, no. I used to say to Aaron and he's Rachel. nice guy, but I'm not sure he'd be a okay. great yeah. partner. I don't know. I'm sad. I would say we yeah. would kill each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we're so much alike in many ways, but also he's the star and he's, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got great kids. I've made poor choices with certain things, but I'm very blessed in life. Like I, I, I say I'm unlucky in love. But I'm very lucky in other areas. I'm with you, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And you actually had Maybe a good relationship. You fucked up. With whom? You told me. Your first husband, was it? Yes. Yeah. Kind. Yeah. Major League Baseball player, kind, loving. I thought he was just, we were too boring. boring. 
See, um, this is, I, I see this like existential regret since I work with old people, right? So oh. I, I'm telling you that like, I, one of, the, as we were talking to a psychic earlier, um, my gut instinct is like what, this is what's going to happen in my life. But I've seen a lot of men, men especially, not as many women, who say, you know, I do their history, right? Are you married? How many times you've been married? And I'm writing their history down. And I would say like 80% of the men I talk to have been married multiple times say, you know, if I could go back, I will say that my first wife or my first spouse, that was really the love of my life. And I just thought the grass was going to be greener on the other side. Uh, and and yeah. man, every other wife I've had has been even more high maintenance. <laughs> oh, I yeah. I should have stayed with that first. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like the story of every man over 75 who's dying. That's in, like in, interesting. In West, in West Los Angeles. Yeah. To be yeah, fair. In West Los yeah. Angeles. Like, yeah. I should have stayed with that first wife. That makes sense, though. Yeah. And, and I'm See, honey, that's why I stay with you. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. All the rest are high maintenance. The grass is not green. Well, I used to say to my second ex, you know, you'll never have it like this again. Meaning, I never asked for anything. I gave birth to the kids. I paid every bill. I didn't, I let him be like him. you're better with that now, right now. I'm, I am, but I still have bitterness in my heart. Oh, like, I'm sure. You can't my not. Heart is, you can't not. Yeah, I'm done. Like yeah. when people say to me, Oh, you'll date. Oh, you get married. I'm like, yeah, you know, I won't because I feel like I gave everything. Like I'm exhausted at this point. I don't care to look great anymore. I don't care anymore. I'm not trying to be 105 pounds. I'm not trying to fit into my size two Dolce about I don't give a shit. My life is my children and I don't care if I date. I really, truly don't because I gave everything to the wrong person who didn't appreciate. I, oh, and, and, the, and, then, and then yeah. he, I, I think the, I think really what capped was the way he treated you when you did separate. That, that to me, I was watching that. That's just unconscionable. It was bad. Yeah, it, was it was bad. bad. But it was the true person coming out. Yep. The true. Yeah. I yep. had dinner the other night. This is interesting when I go back in perspective wise. I was very close with Chris Jenner during my, she held my baby showers. I mean, she was so good to me. And this was way before they were on TV. This is, she was mm-hmm. Chris Jenner and nobody knew who she was. And Kylie and Kendall were seven and eight. Um, so I had dinner with her the other night, and we... Oh, we, you're back? You, I, didn't you have a little bit of a separation from her? I did. Yeah. I did, because... Well, it's good you're back. Yeah. 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 My assistant of 11 years left me to go work. I introduced did her to Did you guys Chris. talk about that at this dinner? No. Uh, it's over. My, it was dinner for the assistant. Oh. So we all kind of came back together. <laughs> oh, she's still Now no. she's Kendall and Kylie's manager. Oh, right, right, right. So things worked out amazing for yeah. her, obviously. But Chris was able to put perspective on things for me because she was there for everything and she saw the bigger picture mm. so I was crazy in love and what she saw was mm. you ought to get a prenup you ought to slow down and I was like I'm not slowing down for shit like you guys don't know right? oh yeah yeah and not that it would have mattered because he didn't take anything when we divorced well, that's good. it's hard to be objective when you're like crazy. in love yeah. and actually one of um, one of my therapists said to me once as I was getting divorced and I thought like you know, it's so hard for me to find someone because I feel like I'm really selective. And much like you, like I'm pretty independent financially. I don't really need anyone else. I'm not in a rush. And the other But problem, men find that frightening. They don't like oh, that. That's, well, me, that's on paper, weird. That's weird. On paper, it looks great. But when they get with a woman, okay, yeah. my ex said it yeah. best. Yeah. I said, I don't need you. I want yes. you. And What's he said that? to me, I'd rather be needed. That's r- Most men want, want to be needed. needed. They don't want to be wanted. This is Like why, in other words, yes. this is it. This is, we just fucking figured yes, it out right now. Dude. Men want to be needed. Hunter, gatherer, I yeah. need you. Damsel in distress. Well, yes. we're not that. Yes. And so on paper, they're like, holy shit. I remember his friend saying to me after we divorced, and they would say, he always was like trying to paint you in this light. And, and we would, we were like, 
God, she's cool. I, you know she, what? To she's me, this I, not get, I, I got to tell you, you're, you're equating it with sort of our historical anthropology and stuff. But to me, as a man, I, I think about guys who would act like that. And it seems to me like when you need somebody, you need that person. But when you want somebody, you could also want that and want that and want that. And that's where guys get threatened. Because the one oh, could maybe. change or be directed somewhere maybe, else. Maybe, yeah. Men are okay. Very well, weird. We are very that, weird about that. That's interesting, and yeah. that puts because yeah. I yeah. never understood yeah. that. So perhaps that. And a lot of men have different needs, it. but like men generally don't like to be alone. Yep. They, they yep. need to yep. be needed. Yes, um, that's why we, we do need to be needed too. It's that's true. That's why that's when needed. when when women move on or they separate. Right. I mean, I haven't really dated in three years. He's had full on not only dating you know no, what else relationships oh, wait, 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 psychologic yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to listen to my yeah. own brain of this wanting thing men also have this deep weird fear of being consumed it's sort oh, of a yeah. castration anxiety like, so, so wanting so wanting is to be consumed you know what I mean right oh. or told what to do to it. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. that's the oh god so, Jill and I, if you didn't know, we were Please. actually married to the same guy. It's so weird. We're just finding I mean, this we out didn't now. even know this. Wait, was yours controlling? I, and- no, mine was like, you know, the most charming na- narcissist on the planet. Oh. And I love him. And I love narcissists. I have yes, a problem with them. I, I attract them. And I think they're quite charming, actually. And for the record, I love my ex-husband. I really do. We're like super good friends. And he never did during the divorce what it sounds like your ex-husband Wow. Does. No, my ex-husband was like a mensch. My does lawyer sat down and said, mark? listen, you've been a schmuck. Here's what we want. Just sign the fucking paper. And like, don't even try to argue this. And he was like, okay. And his lawyer was like, don't sign that. You don't have to give her that much. And my lawyer was like, yes, you do. You're an asshole. Just sign that. <laughs> and like, he did. And, you know, and does he, he know that he's a narcissist or no? Because um, most narcissists no. don't know. Yeah, yeah. no. He, True he, narcissists will never know what they are. Well, but, they just feel like they're a healthy person. They're just well, they're all only healthy. Yes, yes. They're know it alls. You know yeah, nothing. Right. They know yeah. everything. That's you right. can't win an argument with that. Oh, right. argument. There were, but, I learned to stop talking. I would uh, because if I said I want everything would get shot because he was a sniper. Everything would get shot out of the air. Right. It was just like it would come out of my mouth and it would just get blown away. So I just stopped talking, wanting, needing. Didn't have lunch with my friends anymore right. because why? You just had lunch with her four days ago. But you know what? Just like. I was going to say about just in terms of like the the psycho like this is not the psychology. Let's just say that you're married to a guy who views himself as a king. Okay, yes. he, he loves to be adored. He needs to be needed, yeah. and and you're like a princess. So I met my husband at 19 years old. He's 10 years older than I am, right? So I was like a princess. He could take care of me. I adored him. He represented all things stable and secure, and which is like totally the opposite of my dad when I was little, right? Like, and so I marry him. But then what? Your happens dad, is, your dad's kind of narcissistic too, though. So you probably had a fitted totally, with it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, he's Israeli. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, there's that. I, like, I, I met her. I love her dad. He's yeah, awesome. He also too. loves Drew. <laughs> so then, like, so then, but what? What happens with the princess is that the princess grows up and she becomes a queen. And so when she becomes a queen, she becomes an equal. And the king no longer needs her. The king needs a princess. And this is how I justify and tell the story of like my own life. Because I'm sure you can imagine like my ex-husband has a girlfriend who's much younger and again it's like the princess. Of course. Because the princess does the doting and and she needs him and I I, I moved into a place where I didn't. Did he say to you, oh, you're older, you're super jealous? No, no, no. Uh, oh, my gosh. My... I had to go through that because my oh, narcissistic no. ex had the 30-year-old model and he was like, you're almost in menopause. Poor you. You're probably <laughs> super jealous. Like, no, no, no. I had to listen. And I was like paying all the bills. I didn't oh, get no. any money from him. He didn't work. So no. understand. I had seven years of paying everything. He didn't. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. My ex But I was ever a princess. Like I, I was older than him. I was always the worker bee. So I didn't have the princess turning into I, queen. I think, I, was always... I, think he, I think he's more 
I, I don't know your husband. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not diagnosing Ex. him, ex-husband. I'm not diagnosing him, but it has a little more of a which way you describe. I think PTSD. A little more sociopathic. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say like yeah. it doesn't sound like he has much empathy yeah, or compassion. That, none. Whereas like my actually, I always tell people my ex-husband is the best husband ever now. As right. A <laughs> but no, but even as like a co-parenting partner, you know, like I got a promotion recently, and there was like a new handbag sitting in my well, door. Like what? Yeah, like but here's the thing: when I was married to him, and I used to be what? like, hey, you know, I want this gift or I you know I like that house and it would always be like I don't like you telling me what to do but now it's like these things just come well narcissists can be yeah. very charming can they be great friends well they are in the yeah, beginning and, and, and then yeah and, but they can but then when you're intimate they don't tolerate intimacy and so no. intimacy is more is more the domain of exploitation and right. so it's what does that so mean good. I'm sorry Explain. we'll talk about it after the break <laughs> okay we are back and uh, what you we're supposed to follow up with something here we already followed up no I wait, you asked me a question about something. I oh, it was something you said. It was a it was a clinical term terminology. Oh, exploitation. Yes, uh, that you exploit. That what? you that, that value, I know what valuing is, valuing your me your feelings. Your feelings have no value because their feelings have no value. In certain circumstances, feelings are just sort of bothersome. So narcissists yeah. at their core are like hollow inside. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so that's where they come from. So they, there's this disconnection. They don't. They don't can't do intimacy because they don't know but, how. But let me ask, how are they able to, why are they always right? Why are you not only only always wrong, but your opinion is like, uh, is zero. They're, they're, theirs is the only one that matters and you're nothing. You're more of a personality expert than I am. Well, <laughs> I, you're, you're getting again more towards the sociopathic range, but, but uh, it's, it's, they always have to feel they, they charge. Feel, they feel very tiny inside, so they have to feel very big. Like for, overcompensate. They, yeah, they overcompensate. Yeah, and to your point, they're not aware of it at all. It's not like they you can tell them they, they feel tiny inside. They don't. Right. It takes, right it's right, almost right. impossible to get at that in treatment and stuff. And there's like a million theories as to how they even get there in the first place. Yeah. Linked to the mom mostly, the primary care and the biology and trauma yeah. and blah blah blah. blah. Makes sense. Um, Sharon Tate. Yep. Who was on your podcast, Susan? Right? Deborah was. Yes. Deborah Tate. Deborah Tate. Well, Sharon kind of came through. Sharon did come through. But she came through. But talk about what you uh, what you were going to do in uh, Sacramento. So yeah, Deborah Tate was on with you, calling out, calling out. Right, and, and then also she did a little a little piece with MC, one of my psychics, and we actually had more of a connection with Sharon Tate on that show. And but she's been she's been a guest on also yeah she's calling, amazing she's, she's been, been on this show. live yeah, yeah we did we did well. a whole thing about victims and stuff yes so. and Deborah is an advocate obviously yeah. uh, she's Sharon Tate's sister she's Sharon Tate's sister she was sixteen when Sharon was murdered and so we go back twenty years I have helped her with her daughter Ariana who's now thirty I met Ariana when she was sixteen I helped pay for her schooling I've kind of been a sister to Sharon for. 20 years or to, to Deborah rather. So I go to the hearings with her. I've been to the parole hearings this time next week. We're going to, um, Tex Watson's hearing, which is his, I believe 19th or 20th hearing. Um, they did the parole board just, uh, advised for parole for Leslie Van Houten. We got 140,000 signatures and we got them to vote against it to keep her behind bars. So anyway, we have to go, uh, this time I'm not going as Deb's plus one that's usually they have like a, a a friend of the family that can go i'm going on behalf of the labiancas whom tex watson murdered the uh, the night after sharon so i'm going to be speaking uh for lino labiancas uh n- a grandson tony is he- there any possibility it's gonna get parole 
Well, because they've not been paroling. Deborah's had great success. Yeah, in, but we work hard. At, yeah. At that, and so. But there was yes, one that Leslie, woman almost. Leslie had almost she, got it. No, she did get oh, it. She did get it. Yes, and that's why we went up to Sacramento. But then the governor wouldn't sign it or something. No, the governor overturned overturned the it. Parole yeah, yeah, boards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was good. thank God. So, you know, people always say to me, oh, but they'll never get released. And I'm like, yeah, they will. So what's going to happen is, and I talked to the DA on um, whatever the other day, and she called and just said, look, this is going to be at least a 12-hour hearing. Bring food. You know, you can't wear jeans. You got to da-da-da. It's all the same. But it's going to be 10 hours of Texas attorney saying what a great model prisoner he's been, which he has, but he's fathered four kids in prison. Oh, God. And Sharon was two weeks away from giving birth How to How do you baby. do that? How do you father? You're allowed to have these sorts of Conjugal visits. Conjugal visits? Yeah. Oh, he got married. Yeah, he, yeah. he married her in prison, and he's fathered four kids that we pay for as tax. Well, there was, there's all kinds of stories of these Yeah, these kids maniacs. go to Brigham Young. I mean, this is no joke. These yeah. kids all went to Brigham Young University. He went called up... Um, Wikipedia, he was very upset that they put that he had, you know, three sons and a daughter. He's like, I don't want that out there. It's like, well, you freaking murdered seven people and you ruined fucking lives. I, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I mean. Take your notes that you wrote in the margins of for WikiLeaks and shut the fuck up. So. What's that? A small price for fame. Yeah. Yeah, for infamy, you know. Yeah. And so the whole lot, if you know the whole story. They murdered, you know, five people one night and then two people the next night. Um, but when they murdered Sharon, she was two weeks away. She was the last to be murdered. She had 45 minutes of hell. I mean, literally, she was like, murder me, but take my baby first. Go to the hospital with it. Then I can die, whatever. She was begging, please. Like, and it's all documented. They they, they testified about it. They're savage. Oh. So why, if you are truly sorry and he's become a born-again Christian in prison and he's got a ministry there and he helps other people... Then shut the fuck up and live the rest of your life. If yeah. you are truly yeah. sorry, yeah. then you 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 won't have the balls to come and face the families that you ruined and have the tenacity. I'm, I'm dying to hear what he actually says. You're gonna have to tell. Oh, me. it's gonna be. I mean, yeah, it'll be everywhere because yeah. you know, associate everybody. But how he, how he rationalizes this has just got to be. Oh, he well, says, uh, and he's he doesn't actually know that when he comes out of prison because he's been in this prison for a while, like. He's not. He he probably won't be as well received. Right. I mean, in, in prison, he's helping people, and they think he's great. And in the real world, and also like, he's, he should be careful to walk outside. What's happening now in California is because when you hit a certain age, I think it's sixty six, you get uh, parole every year. Oh Except if you're Charles Manson, but you come up for parole every year. He's the only one, and ironically, Charles Manson is the only one who didn't commit any of these murders. He he organized them. Organized yeah. it. He did. He's like the Osama bin Laden. So. All right, uh, I think that about does it. I, I'm, I'm loving how these podcasts are evolving. We've done some really interesting podcasts. And I appreciate you being here, being of a course. part of this one. I love we, you guys. The, the whole idea was, you know, for Bob and I, was that this just all about life? You know, all, yeah. all the, you know, obviously Bob and I have the perspective of addiction and mental health. Sure. Stuff, but, but we're just trying to get into all kinds of areas and different things with this. And it takes you down and so many different roads it, because look what we talked about. Today. I don't know. We we started somewhere. I can't even remember. It's I know. the Jenna I like and I Jillian just, show. I yeah, just but, got but, to know Jillian and have like a new best friend. But, but, but <laughs> what like, I like in my neighborhood. This we, we only, so I, I like introducing you to your best friends. We, you, 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 <laughs> people true. she likes to shop and hang out with. We got. We got. <laughs> I do like to shop. I'm a good shopper. Me too. Have you been I'm to like, the village yet? It's obvious. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, you know, there's like a water park there that your kids can run in half naked. It's amazing. You, you can guys go, have been and more there importantly, the s- you can go to Joey and have some <laughs> yeah, cocktails exactly. afterwards. Exactly. You guys have been there at the same time, no doubt. Oh, you yeah. guys, I'm sure. I you guys there. have a lot in common, too, because you're a Rodan and field specialist, oh, and you're a that. home shopping network 
yes. saleswoman yes. Yes. du jour, which uh, you're <laughs> yeah. amazing, by the way. Yeah, talk about your stuff because Susan loves your products. Okay? I know. I oh, love both wait, of your what, products. What are they? I need to hear about this. I work for, I work for Too Faced, but you're Rodan. Oh, I love Too Faced. I am an RFX achiever at Rodan and Fields. Sorry about the dog, everybody. I have to top, go get the top, dog. Top. Yeah. I started that three years ago. It was totally an accident. And um, I started using the products because I ran out of face wash and someone was selling it on Facebook. And I was like, hey, I'll support you. Like, That's started so cool. using it. And within like two weeks, my face was totally different. And my mom and some friends wanted to buy it. And so she wow. called me and said, like, I'm happy to sell it to your friends, but why don't you? And I was like, okay, like maybe it's in my mind. You know what? I swear I was like, maybe it'll be like 500 bucks a month. And I'll like, it's like a new pair of rag and bone boots. Yes. <laughs> like in my mind, that's how like, that's how lame I am, right? I'm like, I know there are people who could use that to put food on the table, but I was just thinking like a rag and bone booty. And so that's funny. And so I started and then little by little people would start using it and then reaching out and be like, I want to sell this. I don't know anyone selling it. And now it's been three years. It's my most lucrative job, which is why I was able to put it. That's hysterical. That's unbelievable. You would be shocked if you knew the income you could earn on this. So it's for, it's it's face wash. Why aren't you selling it? It's in Canada and there's like, it's new Ah! in Canada. I know. I don't Probably because I, I have a contract. My all but my face stuff is with Too Faced at HSN. I do HSN. love Too Faced. Thank you. We are the number one brand there. These guys started Obsessed. it twenty years ago. I knew them twenty years ago, and they were makeup artists. Uh, they've since got married. Um, two guys that are beyond loaded. And Too Faced doesn't do any commercial advertising. We mm-hmm. don't. But they're all over the world now. And these guys yeah. have. I saw them go from like working at Neiman Marcus in Newman uh, in Newport Beach to private jets to France and houses and everywhere. It's Wait, like is it, do they do better than sex mascara? Yes. But, hello, that is my jam. What's BTS, it called? Yes, better than sex better mascara. Than sex mascara. <laughs> Jared it and is. Jeremy, they name everything okay. too. So. The one thing about this life, it, I didn't expect it to get into to makeup or mascara. Oh. But 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 I but I what I do like about today though is that we did told stories that have sort of medical and clinical kinds of correlates yeah. with them and then so and it was good. I we was tried good. to explain so. some behaviors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's good. That's all them. that's all I wanted. Well, so we, actually, that we grind yeah. that we ground the conversations that yeah. it is about life generally, but that we ground it in certain yeah. you know, Notes. I think I learned some things so, today. Yeah, see? I learned Hope you about, all did too. I love rag and bone booties. Could look into that. Thank face you guys. Today. You can continue to gush about your Thank makeup you. and booties. <laughs> we're we're going to wrap this up. We'll see you next time. All right, thanks. Close your eyes and imagine the world stop turning. Can we try to bring absolution to? to love, goodbye to pain, goodbye to what you thought you knew, oh can we try to put our guard down, no one wants it more than you, just look inside and see that we are in the eye of the storm, too afraid to show you so Joe